Good afternoon and welcome to Folk and Acoustic Music. My name is Michael Stock. Here every Sunday afternoon on 91.3 WLRN, also on 91.5 WKWM in the Florida Keys. Opening up the program, new music from Tim May and Steve Smith. Tim May on guitar, Steve Smith on mandolin. And what we just listened to was an original tune by Steve Smith called Washboard Road. I'll be featuring some more new music, some old music, some classic folk music, and guests in the studio later on today, Brian. Smalley. In the final hour following the public storyteller at 4 o'clock will be Sunhand here in the studio. But right now, welcoming Bob Lind back to the studio. And hey, Bob. Yeah, it's been a while. How you doing? It's been a while. It's been a couple years. Uh-huh. And uh, you, uh, you, you spent... You, you spent some time retired, yeah, out of music. <laughs> and, uh, it's such a euphemism. I was just uh, in full retreat from the music business. Why? Why did you take that retreat? Well, the same reason. You know, I just saw an interview with Bill Withers, and I, I recognized some of the same things. Bill, Bill Withers left for good. I couldn't do that. You know, the same juvenile, infantile reasons that a lot of people leave the music business or get mad at the music business. It's, it's a cold business, as you know. It has it, all the warmth of the music gets lost among the lawyers and suits who, who run it. But the thing is, is that most artists uh, have the guts to to stick it out. I didn't. I, I, I just, you know, drugs and alcohol, of course, had a, had a lot to do with it. Most artists don't have the success you had either. Yeah. You had a, a, the Elusive Butterfly was sung by oh, everyone from Dolly Parton to uh, Richie Havens, Eric Clapton, Cher. Well, that's not exactly. There are 200 covers in my songs, most of them but by by body of work okay. most of them have been by, uh, uh, from elusive butterfly yeah and i you know i like the sound of that <laughs> i sound i sound like a star why don't you say more about me well Herman? no but so so you reached a level of success there were you unable to achieve uh, uh, maintain that level oh that never bothered me it never th- that's never meant anything to me i mean i mean i know that sounds like such jive but it's the truth. I, I never, you know, people call me now, uh, uh, you know, and it's somewhat of a sarcastic way, uh, a one-hit wonder, you know. The wonder is that I had any hits at all. I wasn't looking for that kind of career. I wanted uh, to be appreciated for a body of work. And if that's happening now. It's happened since. But, but at the time, uh, I wasn't looking for all that pop star stuff. I mean, oh, it's of course it's heady. It gets you into places. It gets you laid. But it's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to, you know, at the time there were people like Judy Collins, Joan Baez, uh, Phil Oakes, uh, Dylan then, where these people didn't have hits. They had no hits at all. But they were able to fill auditoriums of 800, 1,000 people or whatever. And uh, they got to do it all over America, you know. And uh, that's the kind of career I was looking for. So it wasn't, no, I wasn't disappointed because I couldn't achieve that level of stardom. You know? What brought you back to the music business? I couldn't stand not doing it anymore. Mm-hmm. I couldn't stand not playing. That's what it is. It's more than, more than writing or, or recording. I don't, still don't like recording. We can talk about that later, my relationship with recording. But I, I don't, uh, I, I don't, like the way I feel when I don't get in front of audiences. That's what I love to do. You know, and it's, we were talking earlier before the show, you and I, about 
about showmanship, there's a, a common thing, I think, in, among folk venues where I see a lot of this. Great musicians, people who can tear up, play 50 times the guitar that I can play, who don't have any sense of showmanship. And I don't know why that is. I think that sometimes if you, you perform, if you, if you present your music, you're looked at as kind of this Vegas slick, you know, and, and I, I, even in South Florida, there are exceptions, you know. I mean, Amy Carroll Webb is a really good example. You know, there's somebody who gives a show. She, when, when she performs, she has showmanship. And it doesn't bite into the content of what she's saying one iota, you know. Marie Knopfsinger, you know, there's a, she's hot. She knows she's hot. She dresses sexy. And yet it doesn't take away from what she's doing. Do you think the word folk music or just that genre leads to the, the non-pop aspect? I think so, part of it. But I remember that when I was coming up, if you will, I would go see Lightning Hopkins Sonny Terry, Brownie McGee, Josh White. And these people performed. They respected their audience. See, this is probably just a personal thing. Uh, performing to me, and I know how precious this sounds, is a sacred calling, man. I love my audiences. It's as close to a religious sense that I get, you know, with the exception of my honey here. You know, I think it's the closest I come to to love, and it's a, I, I love the, to put it out, and I love to get it back. I love that feeling. And so I have a lot of respect for my audiences. I have to ask this question because we mentioned earlier that you've been clean and sober now for, for, for how many years? 38. 30 years. So does that make a difference in your performance? Oh, sure. Sure it does. Sure it does. I, I, and you know what? Here's one of the dangers of drugs and alcohol. It makes you feel like you're doing something you're not. It makes you feel like you're really knocking dead. And yet there's this filmy distance between you and the audience. Without drugs and alcohol, uh, and it took a while to get used to it, get the hang of it, if you will. But the thing is, is it, uh, no, it's, it's so much better now. Why? Oh, it's be because of that intimacy that you can get. I see, yeah. Uh, when did you start performing again? Uh, well, Arlo asked me to. Arlo Guthrie asked me to do the Guthrie Center in 2004. Arlo and Jackie, you know, and uh, his his wife and a dear friend of mine for a long time, um, asked me to do the Guthrie Center, and there was a venue that I wanted to do. Uh, the the venues that I was getting asked to play were like oldies shows, and I don't like those kind of the things. The one-hit wonder fellows. Yeah, or or it, sometimes some of them had a, have a, like Dion. You know, D Dion does it, and I understand. I, I wouldn't trade careers with Dion. I'd trade money with him. <laughs> but uh, but as far as as uh, you know, Dion has to do certain things, or the audiences will lynch him. He has to do run around Sue. You know, he has to do don't know why and all those things, because. <clears throat> he has built that, you know, I'm fortunate. Uh, uh, most of the people who appreciate me appreciate, my, my, there's that word again, body of work. They understand, and it's more true in Europe than it is in America, where you can be respected as an artist and people will come to hear you for what you're doing now. Uh, you know, I, I say this a lot, but it's true. I think my career is closer to like a stand-up comedy guy than, uh, than a pop star because 
you know, Paul McCartney does his same Beatles and and McCartney, you know, band on the run stuff, exactly the same arrangement every time, every time he plays it, because that's what people want to hear. Um, Stand-up comedians, people come to hear them, not be, they don't want to hear the same material that they heard before. They want to hear, what's he going to say? What's he going to do now? I like his mind. I'm interested in his art. So whatever he does is, is going to be of interest to me, or it's not. You know, that's the chance you always take. When you say that, it reminds me of festivals. And when you go to a festival, you see an artist on stage for 10, 15 minutes, and you don't get to know an artist that way. You don't. You have to be, yeah, it takes an hour to, to hear the body of work. I hear what you're yeah. saying. And, and you know, when I say, <clears throat> for, instance, for instance, in England, um, I, I do Elusive Butterfly everywhere I play. I want that clear. You know, I'm going to, we'll talk about the concert that's coming up in a minute. Uh, but the point is, I do it every time I play. But I don't do it the same way as I always did it. Wouldn't that be boring? I mean, wouldn't you be mm-hmm. here? For me, it would. It, and uh, so, but I do. But I also do new things, and I don't know all the time what I'm going to play when I get on stage. Bob Lind is here in the studio, and he will be uh, the feature performer this Saturday night. Uh, but when the Folk Club of South Florida presents their monthly uh, concert at the Luna Star Cafe, and. Uh, well, let's let's hear a song, Bob. Right, okay. Yeah, and one one thing we can say about that, I, I have a, a great opening act to uh, John Blosser, who was on your oh, show. Oh, John! Not long oh, I ago. forgot to pull his song out. Sure, yeah. the, he's a champion dulcimer player. That's yeah, that's what they say. I haven't heard him. Oh, he's but great. I, yeah, I, but uh, everybody says it. And so, uh, so I've got a great opening act. It's a great night. And uh, okay, I'll play you a song. <laughs> All right, what do you want to start off? With? Let's start off with a song called "The Thunder of Goodbye." She's gone Before it reaches your awareness You may be cavalier and careless But at the colding of the day That brittle pride will break away And at night When the rain is at your window you will finally begin to know the thunder of goodbye. When she leaves, the things you didn't say will haunt you, watching the days when she used to want you. Drifting out beyond your reach Like the sunset from the beach In every room There'll be regrets and empty spaces You will find no sheltered places From the thunder of goodbye Never see it when it's there And then they find a strand of hair A trace of perfume in the air The indentation in a chair Fools 
Don't see the constant and the true Don't see the sunlight shining through Don't feel the storm begin to brew Until there's nothing they can goes you'll know how much is gone forever stitches that held your heart together the very sun that lit your sky has left the best of you to die through the night the kitchen light will just keep burning As if to guide her safe returning When the morning meets your eyes You'll have to face yourself and try To take the thunder of goodbye Bob Lynn in the WLRN studio. What a sad song. I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, I call it a cautionary tale, but yes. Okay. You, um, <clears throat> Bob Lynn's going to be playing at the Lunar Star Cafe with John Blosser opening the show this Saturday night. You, uh, you live now in Florida, in uh, right. Palm Beach. Folk, folk town, yes. And this past year, you've were inducted into the Colorado Music Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. where I. That's where I cut my musical teeth. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So you lived. Is that where you're from? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's where I started out mm-hmm. uh, with. It certainly started out with music in Denver. Yeah. The uh, you were inducted along with Judy Collins, who also started in Denver. Yeah. I know her story mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Did you both perform at the ceremony? We yeah. Uh huh. Yes, yeah, so we did, and I get to to stand on stage and play uh, sing Amazing Grace with her. How did How did you? Uh, how did that come about? How did they? Uh... Well, because I'm such a big star. They... <laughs> <laughs> well, Judy's been say that. Judy's been performing all these years. Yeah, you I know. know, and it's I imagine it's tough for her because her voice is her instrument. So I guess when the older you get, it's more difficult to maintain that. I don't know if it is or not. I mean, it is today. I can <clears throat> I can feel all this raspiness. In, but, <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is that you know, I think I guess there comes a point where yes, the chops give out. But I feel like uh, most people, if they continue to do any art, whether it's singing or what it is, they get better at it. But it was such mm-hmm. a joy to me because Judy Collins was one of my idols coming up. You know? You've met her before. Uh, I know. This oh, was really? the first time. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I learned songs off her record. And, and it was held at the Paramount Theater when... As a 20, 21, 22-year-old kid, I saw the Beatles movie. It was a, it used to be a movie theater. Uh-huh. And there I was, you know, I sat in the balcony and watched the Beatles, <clears throat> you know, Hard Day's Night, and here I am on the stage with, with, with Judy Collins. It was, yeah. And th- th- there's a downside of it, though. Here's, here's the bad side of being inducted into a, a Hall of Fame. There's an implication there. It happens in, in mostly in, in athletics. You know, a guy pitched the no-hitter, win the World Series 30 years ago. 
And he's been telling the same story for, you know, in rotary clubs and bars and uh, f- for years. And it's, it's oh, look at what it used to be, how it used to be. Well, it doesn't have to be that way in music. See, the thing is, is if you hear that somebody's in the Hall of Fame, you say, oh, yeah, well, that's, they used to be something. Well, I don't like to think of myself that way. You know, I kid myself, we were talking about being a star. You know, I'm not a star. I should be. <laughs> I have I have all the attributes of a star. I have all the star qualities. Well, I'm you don't get frustrated. Self-important self and the, the grandiose. Fr- the frustration's not there anymore? No. It, it, what I'm saying is that, that uh, you know, as we talked about before, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I am of a small cadre of fans now. You know, the 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 statute of limitations and stardom has worn off <laughs> over the last forty nine years. You know, since Elusive Butterfly, but uh, but there are people who do respect my work, and I, I and it's obviously a much smaller crowd now. But that, but it's it's more intimate. The the herd has been thinned. You know, there are people who like me now not because of any kind of glitz or any kind of, uh, you know. Well, it seems to me your your career is pretty, your music career has been pretty steady. And you're, you're traveling, how far are you traveling with your music these yeah, days? England, Spain, that's, a, that's uh, you know, incredible. Canada, uh, Miami. Do you book your <laughs> own shows? No, no, I have a very good manager, Jill, okay. Jill Guerra. Okay. manages me and uh, and has, has managed to get me some really good gigs. So and what's the big difference between your music career now and your music career 20, 30 money. years ago? Money. You're making more money then. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, man. Yes. You know, I, listen, I, I understand suffering for one's art, but, you know, my house is in foreclosure. I can't pay my bills. You know, I'm respected but I, I think I'd sell a little of that respect if I could just get a little bit more money. Is uh, songwriting still come easy to you? No. Songwriting is right now. I haven't written a song for a year. But, that's, but I've, had that, I've had longer periods uh, of dryness. And, uh, as I, you know, I have a lot of material now. And, and uh, I think my writing... Now, let me say this. This is important. I think my writing... My later songs are much better than my early songs. I mean, from the past ten years. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are those songs are all better than the songs that I wrote when I was uh, famous. So, how is it that the songs you wrote back then are are covered by many more artists, are much more popular than your songs now? That's a mystery to me, Mike. I have no idea why certain songs of mine get recorded, certain and certain artists choose to do them. You know, but that's what I love about this this incredible singer songwriter thing. I love to hear a singer do a song of mine and do it in a completely different way than I had than I do it or than when I've written it. Do you have a favorite of another's cover? I think I do. I think I do. I know they're supposed to be like children, you know. (laughs) Some of my children are brats, and they wind up running up in the wrong crowd. But uh, I think my favorite uh, cover. And I don't know why, except that it's Richie Havens. Richie Havens did a song of mine called How the Nights Can Fly. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I guess it's hard for me to be objective, but, you know, I'll put it this way. If the Vatican made little plastic statues of Richie Havens, I would have one on my dashboard. I, I think he's the best interpreter of songs that I've ever heard. And I loved his guitar playing style. Nobody has replicated it since, you know? I know. Yeah, an incredible right hand and that. You know, open tuning. Yeah, the um, 
Uh, so, uh, Richie, have, do you have any songs that uh, someone covered that you don't like? Well, you know, I'll tell you again, we're talking about objectivity. Uh, I, I have one, I, for one thing, anybody who would choose to do one of my songs gets points. You know, I, first of all, I, I admire their taste. That's one. That's the okay. first thing. Secondly, uh, I'm I'm just so honored. You know, you, you, let's face it. A, a CD can you can fit maybe twelve, fifteen songs in a CD, and there's all this body of work. Most artists now are writing their own. There's all these kind of people. You know, Neil Sedaka still stuff. Lennon McCartney. You know, there's somebody would choose to to write it. But there are people that don't un- quite understand why they did it. Uh, Aretha Franklin is, there's not a better soul singer ever born. Why she chose to do Elusive Butterfly, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I mean, it, I think it was one of those, let's, uh, come on Aretha, let's show her that you can handle the, show them you can handle the classics too. Well, it doesn't quite work to me, you know. Don't okay. be concerned, why it won't harm you. <laughs> That's funny. Bob Lind is here, and he's going to be in concert if Saturday night and at Luna Star Cafe, a show sponsored by the Folk Club of South Florida. John Blosser, champion dulcimer player, is going to be there as well, opening up the show. And you're you're still making albums. Yeah, you have yeah. Uh, your most recent is Finding You Again, and you're in the studio now. Yes, See, and that's that's the good thing about it is that that I'm getting to, you know put more material out but i do not enjoy recording very much and now i'm producing myself wait, wait, why why don't you enjoy recording first of all i don't have the patience for it i don't have the ear for it you know so uh you hire a producer who tells you well up until now you see uh you know uh, jamie hoover great brilliant producer produced Did that album and has produced most of the songs on the album that i'm doing now um, nothing lasts forever, you know. I mean, you can call it creative differences. I guess that's a euphemism. But uh, Jamie and I can no longer work together. Well, it's forced me to produce my own things, and I've I've produced two uh, two songs so far. And what's so hard about producing? Well, what's hard about it is, as I say, here's the the the, the hard part is that I don't I don't have that ear. I don't have you know. S- Sometimes, you know, like a good producer will catch little things and they'll move, they'll, they'll say, okay, you know, I think the mandolin might not work here, you know, or whatever. Um, I, on the other hand, I'm just interested in the emotion of the song. Not that I, I'm not good with sound. But on the other hand, since Jamie and I have sort of parted company, you know, with the, the story about one door opening, uh, closing, and the other one opening, fill in with this incredible engineer. You know, Rat, Rat Bastard. Sure. You know, yeah, okay. Uh, I, we're, my my manager and I were looking for studios because I've, I'm a limited budget, you know. And uh, I, we asked, we looked into all these studios, and they were, and they were all. I won't say overpriced. I'm sure that these people were asking a reasonable price. But she asked this guy. I had never heard of him. I had no idea who he was. And she said, uh, "She said, uh, how much would you charge?" He said, "For Bob Lynn, free." You know. Oh, wow. and, and so I had no idea. So I looked at for this guy. I said, well, he, "What? He's a Bob Lynn fan?" He says, "Yes, he loves your material." 
And I said, this is the guy who produced Marilyn Manson. He he has these, you know, these noise festivals. Uh, festivals, yeah. yeah. I and I said, what in the world? He likes my music? It's very hard to imagine. But when I met him, I understood this guy is mad. He's totally mad. His Everything is music with him. You know, it's there's not a time when he's on and when he's off. I and believe he does the sound over at Churchill's. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, right. So, so I thought, well, okay, well, any guy with a, with an ego as big as mine, where there's going to be conflicts. But sure enough, he was as absolutely helpful to me. Did not put up, give me any grief at all. Helped me get some really good sound out of out of. Uh, what we're doing now and uh so and and also you know i've fallen in with some good musicians local musicians there's a uh you know the the house band at the at the luna star you know i'm absolutely ripping these guys off i'm stealing from them (laughs) i'm not paying them one quarter of what they're worth and yet they love my music and they're willing to do it Bob Lind is here. And your new album, uh, when is it? Any timelines? No, there's no. It's probably first, uh, the, the beginning of the year. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Bob Lind is here. How about another tune? Sure. Am I on? Am I on camera? How am I looking? <laughs> Check out the YouTube uh, channel. a complicated man I'm not that hard to understand I need what everybody needs down in my simple soul I bleed for what the world is yearning for someone to adore someone to adore the song that swells in every beating human heart in every classic work of art The drive that draws a man to churches and to whores Someone to adore Somewhere a man is on his knees His wife is dying by degrees He calls to God and tries to trust As another woman stirs his lust He hates his weakness to the core For someone to adore Someone to adore He can't believe his prayers for healing coexist dark desires to feel a stranger's vibrant kiss the roots are twisted but the limbs are stretching toward someone to adore Primal and constant, 
the infinite streams find the shore The source of perfect peace The cause of every savage war Someone to adore Last night I woke in the waning moon I felt my mother in the room She said the world must hear your voice Don't be afraid, you have a choice In how you open up the door For someone to adore Someone to adore And so I sing tonight My hands are reaching out Out through the walls and past the jagged rocks of doubt Beyond my limits I can feel my spirit soar With someone to adore Bob Lind, live in the WLRN studio. I love that song. It's it's Thank about you. finding passion in in life. And Thank you. Is that a difficult thing for you to do? To what? Find passion. Find passion. Having. I mean, you said being on stage. That's what you really work for. Yeah, that's what I love. Yes. That's what you. That's and so that's what is that what you think of when you're writing songs? Yes. Yeah. Always. I I very rarely write for other artists, even though you know as, as, as there's. 200 covers of my stuff. That's incidental. Uh, I've, I think I've written, I writ, wrote a song for Cher that she recorded. This mm-hmm. is, you know, and uh, other than that, I can't remember really saying that. Right, yeah, so you wrote a song specifically for, you didn't yes. meet Cher though. Yeah, we, we, we knew each other. Sonny and Cher, <laughs> back when she was with Sonny. Oh, yeah. is that right? Oh, sure. Uh, uh, Cher was the second person to record one of my songs. The Turtles were first. They did, did a song called Down in Suburbia. But this is even before Elusive Butterfly. This was when I had first signed with Metric Music, which is the publishing arm of of, uh, of Liberty Records, you know, World Pacific. But what a great person she is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that was the only person you wrote a song for. Otherwise, the songs you write are... You, you imagine yourself singing. Yeah, them on you stage. said it exactly right. Exactly, that's what I what I'm when, when I'm writing. That's what I say. I want to convey this, and it's it's wonderful when somebody else does it. You know, I'll give you an example. Of what we were talking about before about uh, other people surprising me. There's this guy named um, Oh God, I always forget his name. Uh, John Otway is a, a Brit. You know, a punk rocker, and he. He covered a song of mine called uh, Cheryl's Going Home, which is one of my most covered songs. And um, I had a friend who, he did it in a movie called, 
I can't remember the movie, but it was all about punk. Erg, a music war is the mm -hmm. name of it. And he said, uh, he, he said, I have this. He says, a guy does your song. And I said, oh, great. You know, he said, look, can I borrow the, there was a video then. I said, can I borrow the video? Uh, no, I don't think you want to see it. You know? <laughs> and I said, oh, come on, let me see. Finally, I twisted his arm, let me see it. And let me hear it. And it was, uh, the guy does it in this wide, completely different way. He does somersaults on stage. He does this rap in the middle of it. I love it. It's, it's absolutely, completely different from the way I do it. But I think that's what the, that's the beautiful thing about songs and other people doing them. You know, the fact that I do write for myself, you know, to sing, doesn't stop the fact that there are other people. It's great that other people can express their art through something that I created. I love that. I was talking to a, a musician, a songwriter, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I said, "Why are you doing this?" Because with the way to get music now, Spotify and, and iTunes, most of it's free. You can just find it on YouTube. or uh, on Shut up. That's what I'm saying. You, people who uh, make music money now in music, it's because of the movies and TV. That's how, yeah. they, that's how they have to try to sell their music. I don't know what the trick is. If you find it out, let me know. Maybe that's it. But yeah, we, we are getting ripped off, you know. But yeah. the thing is, is that there's, a, there's another joy, you know. I was talking to, to uh, Brian. Brian out yeah. there in the green room. We were both talking about that, about, you know, we can complain the fact that the music industry is ripping us off. And they are sharks. They are vicious. Someone's making money, but it's not the artists. Yeah, but the point is, is that when you, here's the, uh, here's the half, in, half full glass. We're getting paid to do something we would pay other people to do. I mean, you know, this this thing that I'm doing on Saturday, I'm not doing it for the money, that's for sure. They get that don't get me wrong, they're not ripping me off. They're paying me what they can afford, but I'm doing it because I can't get on the road right now and I love to perform. And I and I, I you know, I I have to rethink of it that way. Otherwise, I'll slash my wrists. I know you're working on your album. Do you have any tours planned? No, not right now. But that's what I, we put everything on hold so I can stay and finish the album. So. Well, uh, you were kind enough to bring one of the songs yeah, that's going to be I'll, featured. All right, I'll tell you the story on this. Album. Okay, uh, this is the only song on my album that's a cover. This is the only song on the album that I did not write. This is a song by a guy uh, who is a well. I don't have to tell you, Tom Paxton. Oh, sure. Uh, wrote this, but. I always say this, uh, you know, just as I was talking to you before about um, people bringing something. I won't record a song unless I feel I can bring something to it that somebody else hasn't brought. I first heard this song in 1964, I think. It was a group in a, in a Denver club called The Exodus, and they were the striped shirt groups, you know, where, where there's college the, kids. Yeah, and they, and they sang around, and they sang this song with this bright happy-go-lucky, fun. And I said to myself, are they listening to the words they're saying? I said to myself, certainly the guy who wrote this doesn't do it that way. And then I heard Tom Paxson. He does it as a fun-loving sing-along. <laughs> Judy Collins does it. The Kingston Trio do it. And, and I say to myself, I don't think... I, I said this to Tom Paxson. I told him, I said, I seem to be the only one who thinks this is a sad song. And what, he laughed. Did you see him when he was yeah, performing Yeah, that's when we talked to him. I talked okay. to him about it, you know. And uh, he laughed. Well, I don't think it's a happy-go-lucky song. I think it's a sad song. So that's what uh, what you're going to hear. All now. right, well, let's yeah. hear it right now. Okay. Here's uh, from the yet-to-be-named. No, it's gonna, name the, the album is going to be called uh, Magellan Was Wrong. 
Here's Bob Lind. Rambling around this dirty old town Singing for nickels and dimes Times get tough I don't have enough To buy a little bottle of wine Bottle of wine Fruit of the vine When you gonna let me get sober Leave me alone Let me go home Let me go back and start over can teach Miners can dig in the mines 
trusting in God, holding mine, hugging mine, clinging to Bob Lind with Bottle of Wine by Tom Paxson. I would not have recognized that song. And uh, you're right. It's 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 glorifying alcohol, and it's not a happy song. That's funny. Well, you know, it's uh, that's the thing that makes the horse race. So a lot of people love it that way. I just I just got to do it the way I feel it. Yeah. And uh, that's going to be to the yet released album by Bob Lind called Magellan Was Wrong and. Bob, thank you so much for coming by. Um, Mike, thank you, man. It's always a joy. It's been too long. Let's do it sooner. Yes. Bob Lynn's going to be in concert this Saturday night with John Blosser opening at the Luna Star Cafe, part of the Folk Club of South Florida's monthly series.